This episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore is sponsored by Wicked Chronic. Wicked Chronic is located in Natick, Massachusetts on Route 9, and you can go there to get all of the things you need for your cannabis and wicked needs. Stop on in and speak to the owner, Beverly, and you can have a conversation maybe even about setting up a tarot card reading. Tarot card readings? Very indicative of what we talk about here on Supernatural Creatures and Lore. Wicked Chronic is located at 185 Worcester Street. And you can also find them on Facebook and Twitter, as well as on Instagram. Open Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Contact them at 508-545-8105. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, terror of the wind go You also can't see if there's nowhere to go It's the creature Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I am Kat. And Supernatural Creatures and Lore is... The Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast is a podcast dedicated to all the monsters, mythology, creatures, religion, history of the things that go bump in the night on the television series Supernatural, which is currently going into its 13th season. Uh, for anyone who hasn't heard, it's season 14, according to Supernatural.org. Not actually a CW, I just re-looked this up. Uh, I'd mentioned this in our previous episode, but uh, that comment apparently was not officially from CW, so maybe not real, but I certainly hope so, because Supernatural's just gone on way too long. <laughs> and they're kind of like just running out of ideas, but I hope it goes out on a, with a bang and a swan song, and not just like a whimper and just kind of like... Uh, what the f was that? <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but I digress. We are long ways away from like this podcast ending because of the amount of seasons on the show and the new material they come up with. Today's episode is Dead Man's Blood, and Cat has the synopsis for us. Your favorite episode. My favorite cre. I wouldn't say it's my favorite episode, but one of my favorite creatures, at least. Well, yes. Yes. Your probably your favorite episode to cover on this show. Correct, yes, just because of what I know about the monsters in it um, and how much I love them. Okay. After Daniel Elkins, a vampire hunter, and John's mentor is murdered, Sam and Dean are surprised when John himself shows up to solve the case. John discovers the vampires have taken an antique gun which has the power to kill all supernatural beings. The Winchester family sets out to retrieve the gun from the vampire so they can use it to kill the demon that took Sam and Dean's mother. Now, the uh, before we get to the creature, the episode, the uh, the object in question is probably one of the uh, long-running artifacts of Supernatural, which unfortunately, if you saw this last season, was destroyed. Yes. Um, 
by the um, one of the Knights of Hell, uh, Dagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, we'll get to Dagon eventually, but uh, it was really disappointing to see the gun return just to have it destroyed. Because mm-hmm. the last time we saw the gun was like Crowley had it, or it was mentioned to somebody, Crowley has the gun, you know, Bella didn't destroy it or something. And Bella. is this the first time that the cult is mentioned at all? I think so, yeah. I think this was the very first time the cult was mentioned. And I, everyone loved the backstory of the cult and so much that Eric Kripke had said several times that he wanted to do a cult-like miniseries about Daniel Colt, about him finding the meteor, creating the gun and the bullets and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. the closest we got to that was that time travel western episode, I think from season six. Yeah. Um, which is... Uh, you know, okay, but I would. I think a lot of people would have rather have seen uh, a supernatural um, prequel. Mm. Yes. Now, uh, something that has just come out is that they are doing Supernatural Wayward Sisters, which is going to be about um, Jody and the girls. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do. Okay, so they're doing a female Supernatural show because. For the longest time, the biggest complaint was that Supernatural doesn't have any female characters, and they had two, and they killed them off in that one season. But they've had Jody for a long time, but she's always been a supporting character who's coming in and out. The last time they tried to do a backdoor pilot, it was the worst episode of Supernatural, and like, it is considered the worst episode ever, is that Chicago Monster Mafia sh- episode they did, yeah. which sucked. It's just terrible. Sarah Stahl, Sam and Dean are barely in it. And they do un-Sam and Dean-like things. Like, they let the guy just kill somebody who's a human. Something Sam and Dean would never do. They do not kill humans. Unless they're serial killers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They they know to turn them over to the police or let the police handle it. But it was so... It was so bad. It was so bad. So let's hope that the upcoming episode, Wayward Sisters, that's going to be in season 13, which I heard is, I think, going to be the pilot, or, sorry, the season premiere, because they have this, they have the, the son of the devil on their, you know, they have to take care of the son of the devil, and they're not exactly parents, so they go to the only person they know of that's dealt with children before, and that's Jody. The only living person they know that can help them is probably Jody, because she's raising the girl's, uh, Castiel's daughter and uh, the vampire feeding girl, the donor girl. Yes. Um, and of course, she's, you know, she had a child of her own um, before it died and came back as a zombie <laughs> and then killed her husband. Um, poor Jody. <laughs> one of the other episodes that I think has vampires in it, and I think it's the next one where we are introduced to Gordon, uh, there's a vampire who doesn't want to be bad. Like, she doesn't drink the blood of humans, she drinks, like, animal blood. Yeah. And she's actually played by a character from, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, who's been on the show, but that's not this episode, so I wanted to make sure I had the right information. Vampires! What do we know about vampires, Kat? I mean, I, I'm assuming between the two of us we've seen enough vampire movies and everything else, right? Uh, yes. Okay, what is the first vampire movie you ever watched? You're gonna cringe. Oh my god, please don't say Twilight. It is Twilight. What the <laughs> frag? What is wrong with you? You let your daughter watch that? Ugh. I blame your mom who's in the studio she with us. She watched it with me. Oh, God, why? <laughs> why? This hurts. Like, I'm feeling so much pain. Like, I'm having a heart attack right now. Why was it Twilight? I was like 10. That's what all the 10 year old girls were like. Oh, please tell me you've watched something else since then. <laughs> Interview with the vampire? Oh, that's much better, at least. It's written by a much better writer, too. Um, oh, man. God. You must have loved the episode of that they go that they did, like, a parody of Twilight. Yeah. yeah. You must have been like, oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but why Twilight? I don't know. I, like, I, I guess a bunch of my classmates were reading it, and I'm like, what is this? 
So they forced it on you, like peer pressure no. and drugs? <laughs> no, I just thought, well, I didn't have any friends, so they weren't... Oh, uh, you didn't have, like, Heather in your life yet? Or no. Becca? No? Oh, that's just kind of sad. No. You're the perfect person vampires would prey on then. You're a lonely teenage girl, and they're like, oh, she doesn't have any friends, no one will miss her. Turn her! You just described what basically vampires will look for. In fiction, by the way. Yep. Oh, God. So, but you saw, have you ever seen a Dracula movie? I I I've seen actually what like one of the originals like Bela Lugosi's the black and white one. Yes. Okay. Um, that compared to Twilight, how 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 does it fare? Well, Twilight's just awful. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> Twilight, in my opinion, is like a vampire Disney princesses. Like Disney princesses have created this unrealistic version of review of romance and love to stupid little girls who are brainwashed into buying into that commercialism. They and don't burn in the sun; they sparkle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> vampires is basically the same way. It's creating this unrealistic look at love and romance, and also stalker syndrome, and you know things like that are just not really what love and romance is about at all. Yeah. You know, um, we're not going to get into an entire episode of crapping all over Twilight, but the one, the last thing I'm going to say about this uh, Twilight is if you ever want to watch the Twilight movies, go to RiffTracks.com and download all their fan com, all their, sorry, not their fan commentaries, all their funny parody commentaries. It will turn the Twilight saga into the greatest comedies ever written because they make fun of them in the best possible way. So you play the set, you play the commentary with the movie, and it just it it makes the experience so much better. <laughs> they raised, they did a Kickstarter to raise money to show Twilight in theaters with them doing a live commentary during it, and at the last minute, Summit Entertainment said no. And they ended up doing Starship Troopers instead because they'd already raised the money. Or you don't, you don't even need that. Just watch the second movie, and like that just cracks me up without like just watching the. Movie. How many times Edward just takes his shirt off, whatever? He's just like, look, my body is so buff, and you need to be saved because you fell over. It's <laughs> just so horrible. I, it's so funny. And Vampire Sucky like sprays like Axe body spray on himself after he takes his shirt off to save uh uh, uh what the hell her name is uh. Bella. Thank you, Bella. Uh, after she has like a motorcycle accident from like seeing Edward, you know, just I just I don't I don't understand it. Anyway, back to real vampires because again, this could become the crap on Twilight show very easily. So what we know about vampires in fiction is they turn into bats. They're pe- repelled by holy water and and religious artifacts and things like that. I mean, vi- out of everything in supernatural, vampires is probably the most common, other than zombies, the most commonly known monster and werewolves. Yeah. Those are the three big ones. Um, now, on the show, how do they dispatch vampires, Kat? It's a bit... Well, the one thing that Supernatural and pretty much every every aspect of media that has ever covered vampires, they all they all have to make sure, it, like, the thing that's all the same is they all drink blood. Correct. The thing that was different in um, Supernatural was their teeth. Their teeth were very different in the show. Correct. They're not just elongated canines. They look like piranhas. <laughs> yeah, they all they had several sets of teeth, and yeah. there's a way to check their they like they have their normal teeth, and then they have like teeth behind them and such. Yes. Um, the uh, but to, to kill the vampires on Supernatural. It's um, what was it? I just watched this episode. Oh, you have to behead them. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's it. They can walk in the daylight. Now, if you read Bram Stoker's original novel, Dracula walks in the daylight. The the vampires have to not be in daylight thing became like a Hollywood trope later on. Yes. Um, 
the vampires turning people into human the thing where humans thing where vampires turn people into vampires humans into vampires is changed throughout many different ways and this show it's just a bite right Mm -hmm. that's it yes and there's the only way to um not become a vampire is you don't drink blood yes and then you kill the head vampire that changed you you can be turned back Mm-hmm. in the other lore like interview with the vampire do you remember how um Lestat turns Louis how Louis turns uh Claudia and so on and so forth I haven't seen that movie in a while um Louis uh, a vampire would bite you and then you would drink you drink your blood and then replace it with his own blood so you would bite the vampires Yes. It, that's the same. That that comes from like uh, Dracula. Um, Dracula would uh, bit uh, Mina and then like cut his chest open, and then Mina fed from him, and then she she, she started becoming a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, in other things, it's usually like maybe like three different bites, um, but uh, it, it kind of always changes. Sometimes it's like, oh, I got scratched by a vampire, becoming a vampire, which came from morally from werewolves. Werewolf bites and scratches would turn you into one. Same thing like a zombie, a zombie scratcher bite. Um, but that's where, like, the disease of being a a, um, a zombie would come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, things like uh, The Strain, which is a TV series on right now based on the books by Guillermo del Toro, who created, like, Pan's Labyrinth and Pacific Rim. Um, the Strain is uh, the strain of vampire virus. The vampirism is a virus, and they're not mystical, supernatural, turning into bats, mist creatures. They literally transform you into monsters on the microscopic level mm-hmm. um, to the point that you like you lose all your hair you lose your uh, genitalia you basically turn into like a Nosferatu looking thing now in an interview with the vampire it's very much the same way and Rice wrote it into the books but it's not in the movie that vampires have no um, sexual desires they're basically they get their pleasure from drinking blood yes. um, did you ever hear of this uh, let the right one in Ever no. seen the movie? Never heard of this? No. This is about a little boy. Um, there's an American and a Swedish version. Uh, this, they both take place in the 80s. Um, he meets... Um, he's he's like a middle school kid, probably 7th or 8th grade. Um, lives with his single, mo- single mom. Goes to visit his dad on the weekends across the country. And uh, he's picked on in school. He's just kind of a normal kid. And he comes home from school one night, and there's a little girl sitting on the jungle gym that he befriends. And uh, he wants to become you know, more friends with her. He's obviously attracted to her, too. And uh, she is a vampire. She is a 12-year-old vampire. And she lives with like her go-getting feeder. Um, and they develop like kind of a you know very cutesy uh, relationship throughout the movie as he begins to understand what she truly is. It's considered like one of the best modern day vampire stories. The book is a lot more violent and descriptive. Things they couldn't portray in the movie very well, especially consider- considering they're working with like you know underage kids, uh, the kids that aren't even teenagers yet. Chloe um, Martinez played her in the. Uh, uh, American version. She would go on to play like Hit Girl in the Kick-Ass films. Mm-hmm. Um, d- decent story. Probably one of the best written vampire stories since I Am Legend. Um, that was a story by Richard Matheson about a guy who lives in a world where he is he believes he's the only human left in a world of vampires that he created by accident. Yeah. With a cure for cancer. What other information do we have about vampires that you found like in the Supernatural book? In the Supernatural book? Let's see. Um, Come closer to the mic. 
It says, the first time we ever fought vampires was when we were looking for a gun that shot magic bullets. Samuel Colt once made a gun and 13 magic bullets that could kill anything with a single shot. Dad found out about it, and we realized that we had finally found our kryptonite for the yellow-eyed demon. For the first time, we were on his trail, and we had a line on a weapon that could make a difference. If we had to go through a nest of vampires to go get that gun, we'd do it, and we did. We were a little surprised even to find vampires since Dad had been under the impression that a hunter buddy of his, Daniel Elkins, had been killed by the last remaining North American vampire. Guess Elkins had missed some, though, because we found plenty. And we weren't sure what we were getting into because the folklore about vampires is so vast and contradictory that it's tough to sort out what is really going to work from what some medieval monk thought he had heard the local sexton say over a morning glass of sour wine. Here's a little background on vampires before we get back to Colt. As near anyone can tell, the first English use of the word vampire happens around 1734 in the travels of three English gentlemen, now known as part of volume four of the 1745 Harleian Miscellany. I am not good at pronouncing things. We must not omit observing here that our landlord seems to pay some regard to what Baron Valvasor has related the vampires said to infest some parts of this country. These vampires are supposed to be the bodies of deceased persons animated by evil spirits which come out of the graves in nighttime, suck the blood of many of the living, and thereby destroy them. This is around the same time as the first great vampire scares in continental Europe, the most famous of which um, was the account of the post-death activities of one Peter Logo Jowitz, that's quite the name, <laughs> in 1725. So actually, when I was looking up some of the actual lore about vampires and how it originated, it talked about how they weren't people um, who are walking around on a daily basis. They were corpses mm -hmm. of dead people, and that's all a vampire was, a corpse, and they... It, they believed that the corpse was cursed or diseased because um, they would suspect it was a vampire when someone in the family would become ill after another family member had died, and then they'd check the grave, and they would check the grave of the person who had died, and they would find red liquid coming out of the person's mouth, which is actually a part of the decomposition process. But yeah. they didn't know that at that time, so their first instinct was vampires. Wow, that's a huge part of in here about vampires. Yes. The um, what you just said about that uh, with the un with the the people walking around and the composition and stuff. Uh, a field trip I was hoping we were going to be able to take, but I don't know if we're going to be able to. Um, up in Exeter, Rhode Island, is the uh, resting ground of the, what is considered to be the first American vampire, Mercy Brown. Um, a lot of her lore comes from 
sorry, a lot of the Dracula lore that we are familiar with actually Bram Stoker based it on this story. There was this young farm girl who died, and her father buried her, and the townspeople, in a crypt, by the way, not in the ground, and the townspeople said at night they saw her walking around, and then during the daytime she would go back to her crypt. And the townspeople forced her father to chop her head off and stuff her mouth full of garlic. Um, because they believed that she was a, a vampire, because there were like reports of like cattle being mutilated and, and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and her birth, her resting place is still in Exeter, Rhode Island. Um, John Winchester wrote a entry on May second, nineteen eighty four. Sam is a year old. We spent his birthday in the mountains because I had to meet a um, I had to meet a guy named Daniel Elkins. The hunter culture is weird about how it breaks in new blood. Everyone you meet says you should go meet someone else and learn something else. And every time you meet someone else, they take you out to hunt their favorite kind of monster. This guy Elkins lives in a cabin out in the middle of nowhere in Colorado, and according to him, he is the greatest vampire hunter alive. Vampires. They're real. I've never seen one, but Daniel says they're real, and I believe him. He also says that the Hunter's Journal is for research as much as it is for recording day-to-day whatever. So I copied this from a book called The Harlan Miscellany. We must not omit observing here that our landlord seems to pay some regard to what Baron Valfazer has related to the vampires, said to infest some parts of the country. These vampires are supposed to be bodies of the deceased persons animated by evil spirits, which come out of the graves in the nighttime, suck the blood of the many of the living, and thereby destroy them. Vampires 400 years ago, there are other records even older by a shoemaker from Sicily. Um, so that's John Winchester's little uh, journal entry about Daniel Elkins and how he met Daniel Elkins, who was in the episode, um, referencing, like, and again, that's could have been, like, a, a whole, like, a backstory episode or backdoor pilot into, like, a prequel to Supernatural that they could have done as well. Yes. There are so many different versions of vampires, by the way. There are hundreds of versions of vampires. There have been vampires that can detach their heads from their body and vampire bat wings, and they go around sucking up the blood of cattle. They don't attack people. There's the Nosferatu-style vampire that you're familiar with, with, like, the elongated pointy ears, the white rabbit kind of, like, rat teeth or whatever, white pale skin, long fingernails. There's a movie called Nosferatu, if you're familiar with that. It's a black-and-white movie. You can watch it on YouTube. It's totally free because it's in public domain. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. Now, the other thing that uh, let's check this. The other thing that a lot of people aren't aware of is that while most people can name several elements of vampire lore, there are no firmly established characteristics. Some vampires are said to be able to turn into bats, wolves, and others can't. Some are said not to cast a reflection, and others do. Holy water and sunlight are said to repel or kill some vampires, and not others. The one universal characteristic is the draining of vital bodily fluid and typically blood. One of the reasons that vampires make such successful literary figures is that they have a rich and varied history in folklore. Writers can play with the rules as much as they want. According to one Romanian legend, you'll need a seven-year-old boy and a white horse. The boy should be dressed in white, placed upon the horse, and the pair set loose in a graveyard at midday. Watch the horse wander around. Whatever grave is nearest the horse, when it finally stops, is a vampire's grave. So you should dig up that body and put a stake in its heart, apparently. That's how you find a vampire. Just find a seven-year-old boy and a white horse and Uh have him walk around the graveyard. That should be fairly easy. Yeah. Um, Instance, uh, interest and belief in, in, uh, sorry, Interest and belief in revenants surged in the Middle Ages in Europe, though in most modern, modern stories, the classic ways to become a vampire is to be bitten by one. Um, 
Now I'm going to get into some um, really interesting um, lore here in a second, but I want to see what cat else Cat has. Uh, a lot. I, I mainly have the stuff that we already mentioned because what I was mainly looking up was the origins yep. and um, how people came up with the idea of vampires, and it was mainly the they believed that the corpses were causing people from their family to get sick. Here, why don't you read this? This is uh, the show's um, description about vampires a bit um, that wasn't in your uh, Hunter's Guide. Mm -hmm. Their description is um, turned humans with extra sharp retractable teeth that crave human blood. Yep. Um, Their behavior is they nest in packs and sleep in cocoon-style hammocks, not coffins. (laughs) Which is kind of unusual, I thought, on the show. Yeah. (laughs) They need to feed on mammalian blood to survive, so human blood. Okay. Because human blood tastes the best. However, animal blood from rats, cows, pigs, cats, dogs will suffice. They sire new vampires by force-feeding people their infected blood. Now, one of the things I thought... um was uh, was interesting in a different interpretation of vampires was on the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer um you know obviously the name into itself vampires were um in that show demons and they did like this like vamp face because they couldn't have this like teenage blonde girl going around stabbing people in the chest on a television show like on the CW which was like brand new at the time yeah. and so they changed it to them being like kind of like demonic hence why they do like the <laughs> face, whatever, with the, the yellow eyes and their elongated, you know, their bumpy foreheads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the vampires are demons that inhabit the bodies of people once they've died. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, your soul is gone and now the vampire, the demon soul runs around your body with all of your memories and personality traits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, the character Angel would get his soul back and he would get, you know, he would remember everything the demon that's still inside him would do. And the vampires in their truly demonic form wouldn't look like what we think vampires look like. They look almost very alien-like. Again, that was just a way to appease network censorship so we didn't have somebody stabbing normal-looking people in the chest or cutting their heads off, even though they turned to dust, which they, it wasn't like true blood, where when a vampire is staked on that, they like explode in a pile of bloody goo. Or like on the godforsaken Twilight, what do they turn into, like marble and break apart or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to rip them apart. Yeah. Yeah, lame. Um, uh, <laughs> there's also out there um, information about um, real uh, vampires. I don't know if you ever have ever heard of this. I did while I was looking up stuff for this episode. Yes. <laughs> Why do you people exist? I wouldn't say that necessarily. I mean, what it is, there's... Vampirism has many different, like, um, interpretations. Now, there are people who cannot be out in daylight. Like, UV radiation actually truly does burn them, and I don't mean, like, a sunburn. Um, There has been documented cases of people who cannot be out in daylight. The sunlight is just that harmful to their skin. Like Heather. No, well, Heather can be out in daylight. I'm talking, like, people who actually seriously start getting, like, blisters on their yeah. skin within, like, a matter of minutes up to an hour. They'll start blistering and stuff, and their skin will start flaking away. And it's caused by UV radiation from the sun. They just don't have the um, 
whatever it is we had, like, you know, like me and you would have to resist it. And so they live inside a lot, or they, they're very bundled up. Um, and that is what you could consider to be, like, a vampire trait. And then there are people who do have a low hemoglobin count. And they do go to the doctor to get hemoglobin, which is blood. They get injections of blood every so often, depending on what it is they need it for. This is a documented problem that certain people have. They have low iron deficiency. Iron mostly is going to be found in your body in blood, so they need, like, a iron boost. And sometimes a pill of iron doesn't do it. They actually need, like, blood injections. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are people who do drink blood. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which, not to pass judgment on anybody who's listening to this podcast, this I'm not saying whether or not um, these people exist or not. That's for you to believe or to find out for yourself um, if you so choose. But there are people who do drink actual human blood from donors through syringes or um, in some way. You know, it's it sounds weird and unusual, but that's what we cover on this show, the weird and unusual. Yes. <laughs> some of these people um, desperately need this. You know what I mean? And some of these people take it to an extreme level. There's a very great movie, good movie, I love showing people to understand the darker side of this um, type of... Uh, the, 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 the dark side of vampirism in real life called Vampire Clan, and it's based on the true story of a group of teenagers who believed themselves to be vampires and drank each other's blood and donors' blood. And they, uh, one of the girls was kind of tired of her mom and dad, and the, uh, the two boys in the group... Um, took it upon themselves to murder her family. Um, they were sent to jail. One's in jail for prison for life. One was given the chair, and one of the other girls was sent to prison for like 30 years or something like that. She had a baby with the guy who went to the chair. The girl, the victim in the in the group, the girl who's the daughter of the parents who were killed, was um, not brought up on charges and completely free. Didn't have to go to trial because there was enough evidence to prove that she was a victim in all of it, and she had no idea what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a very famous uh, occult, like, m- you know, mass murder. Um, that's probably not, like, the best depiction, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to vampire clubs. They don't drink blood in them. It's usually, like, Vampire the Masquerade, which is a very well-known role-playing game. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay, Vampire the Masquerade is... You've heard of Dungeons & Dragons? Yes. Okay, you've heard of LARPing? Yes. Okay. As being a somewhat of a cosplayer gamer. Oh, you're a cosplayer, but you're not much of a gamer. Yes. Okay. So LARPing is live action role playing for anyone not familiar with the term where you basically put on a play that you are improvising on the spot. Mm-hmm. There's no script. You're kind of doing it up as yourself. You have a character sheet and you follow the character sheet as you go along and your character has like attributes and points and hit experience and things like that. Kind of like you're sitting at a tabletop. But you do it in like a setting, like a theatrical play that you're putting on. You dress up to like your vampire character. Whether you're a Gangrel, a Bruja, a Nosferatu, a Torador, a Ventru, a Makavian. And these are the different uh, clans of the vampires uh, phenomenon in Vampire the Masquerade. And then there's like, there's clubs where there's like a vampire king and he's actually considered within the club and I'm not speculating on what he does and who he is, I'm just kind of, you know, relaying the facts out uh, that he holds court over, you know, like he's like considered to be like a real vampire. Mm-hmm. There was an episode of um, you can go online on YouTube and watch many different videos from like you know like National Geographic to History Channel 
obviously this stuff pops up around Halloween, very popular about real life vampires. And there's a great novel written, um, sorry, novel uh, book called Real, Real, Real Vampires in America Today. And I can't remember the name of the author, but she went on a comprehensive search. She's like a she's a psychologist. In fact, she wrote Anne Rice's um, biography. Mm-hmm. She went on this like comprehensive documentary uh, uh, fact finding mission about vampires in reality today. She went to like vampire clubs. She went, you know, she got to meet like people who do like feedings and stuff like that. She talked to donors and you know, and, and other authors of vampire novels and such. And it's a really, really good book about this, um, you know, this culture, which is, you know, some people don't quite understand, whether it be people with severe medical conditions or people who are, you know, taking it to an extreme level that I can't even put a finger on because, uh, you know, it kind of, um, it's kind of derogatory towards some people who do need help. Um, either psychologically or medically, you know, mm-hmm. um, medical people who need help, they are, they're getting it by any means necessary and that's perfectly fine. And then there's people who just cannot separate fact from fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then we kind of experience that in any type of medium, um, us being geeks and nerds and stuff. Um, you know, you've met people, I'm assuming at conventions you've gone to who do not understand the difference between fact and fiction Yes. <laughs> or reality and fiction rather. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, what's an extreme case you've encountered? Uh, it doesn't have to do, necessarily do with vampires, but just people who just don't understand, like, this is one thing, this is something else entirely. I don't have any specific stories. I can't, you know, I can't really anything? name any. Okay, well, cut this out. One of the most common um, animals attributed to vampires um, a lot, of course, is the bat. Yes. Um, mainly the vampire bat. Um, and the reason why it's called a vampire bat is because it's a largest... I think next to the fox bat, it is the largest uh, bat in the bat family. Um, it only drinks the blood of cattle, um, mm. not very humans. Bats have never been known to like attack humans, really. Yeah. You get bitten by a bat, though, you need to go to an emergency room immediately to get antibiotics for rabies. Um, mm. They can treat it. Once you have rabies, though, you have rabies for life, and it can kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, but bats have been known to be immune to rabies. Bats are immune to rabies, diabetes, AIDS, cancer, um, but they're carriers of blood pathogen diseases, which is where vampires are really are um, connected. I mean, I'm assuming in your research you found out that, like, um, you, you, you've seen what I was talking about with the strain, how the vampirism is more like a virus than it is something supernatural. Yeah. Because in supernatural vampires, you die, you come back for the life in a couple of days, you know, like in the interview of the vampire Dracula. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, blood pathogen vampires is something completely different where you're, like, changed in a, in a, in a way. The vampire, the, sorry, the, the, the bat is what a lot of people don't understand is one of nature's greatest resources, like the bee. Mm-hmm. Um, new article in Worcester Magazine recently about the bees, um, weird uh, bee population in Worcester County was down 55% last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, bat population also down. There's a fungus in bats. There's a fungus killing bats that they can't combat. And uh, bat preservation is so huge because we use bat guano in so many things. Um, a, lot of t- a lot of it helps in fuel um, preservation. Um, bat guano being poop. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but what we can learn from a bat and what they can combat in diseases is, astro- is astronomical. And if we could backwards engineer it to help us, it would save so many lives because of them being so immune to 
the diseases that are wiping us out, you know, cancer, diabetes, AIDS in certain parts of the world. Um, <clears throat> another thing that I was reading about, um, which I kind of already knew, but there are certainly many self-identified vampires participating in, like, gothic subculture um, that will file down their teeth, actually, realistically file down their teeth into, can like, sharp canines. Yikes. Yeah. Um, or do implants. Like, they will have their canines removed and implants put in. Interesting. I had a friend uh, who was dating somebody who was... She was planning on doing that. <laughs> yeah. It cost about $20,000, apparently. <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't know. I, I'm judging. <laughs> I have, I have like, one tooth I need to have implanted, but it's definitely not one of my canines, and I would not possibly ever do that. <laughs> I have fake vampire teeth that I've used in like cosplay and stuff like when we went to um the Terracon when I came back on Sunday I had uh like I had my Dracula tie on my red shirt and I had my fake custom made vampire teeth which are like 75 bucks which are really cool because people get like cat teeth done or they get like werewolf teeth and they're all like really sharp but they're they're plastic you just put them in over your regular teeth like a Halloween costume. Yeah. Yeah. They um they're made by uh uh Captain Harajack. He does all these cool different custom teeth or whatever for people. Mm -hmm. So when people want to like cosplay as like maybe an ogre from Lord of the Rings or something like that, he can do all sorts of different things. So it all depends on what you want to do. A normal set of vampire fangs that are custom made to your teeth are like 70 bucks because yeah. they're made from real denture material. <laughs> they're I don't know it's <laughs> it's all part of cosplay and so yeah in I know some Heather's way. done Heather's um, cosplayed as like a vampire from an anime before so she had like the fake fangs and she had like red contacts did she too. have custom fangs made or the I think crappy scarecrow ones the, they were just like ones that she got online or something oh she could she get the custom fangs one they're they, they last forever and mm -hmm. they you don't need adhesive you don't need like the, like, the Scarecrow ones, the ones that she bought, there's, like, a little thing of, like, um, like non-adhesive glue that you can put on your teeth or whatever. Yeah. You have to melt down, and then you put it into the cap, and you put it in there, and it holds it in place. But custom fangs usually just slide over your regular teeth, and yeah. they're, you know, again, it's for fun and cosplay and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I always get a lot of compliments on them when I'm at conventions, and people see them, because they're like, oh, wow, your teeth are so cool. And I'm like, where can I get them? I'm like, oh, this is this guy. But you can have, like, a kit ordered that he sends you. Mm -hmm. um, so you can do, like, your own mold of your teeth, because you put this thing in your mouth for, like, ten minutes to kick, take a mold, just like mm -hmm. if you were going to the dentist or something. Yeah. Do you have any other great information about vampires before we let this Not episode really. go? No? I, I just remembered, though, that I just found out that um, I remember the show that I watched when I was like in fifth or sixth grade maybe I don't know it came out in 2010 but Twilight was not my favorite my, I mean my, not my favorite it's no one's favorite but <laughs> it was not my first vampire t TV show movie thing whatever uh huh uh, my first one was actually, like, this thing that was on Nickelodeon, and I just remembered the show a, a, a couple months ago, and I was talking to Heather about it. I'm like, hey, do you remember this random Canadian show that was on Wait, Nickelodeon? Wait, you were talking to Heather a couple months ago? I thought she was gone, sucked into the void by Bloody Mary. Well... You know, I have I, my I ways. Oh, you have your ways. Okay, your summoning spell. Yeah. Yes, in the it basement. Was, Mom wonders what you're doing down there, and you have, like, the pentagram, and you're, like, summoning. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Summoning spirits. Summoning spirits with her cats. <laughs> <laughs> the great cat totem. 
<laughs> but it was called My Babysitter's a Vampire. And I did see that piece of crap, too. Yes. <laughs> but I li- that was better than Twilight. Uh, I, I, I can't speak too much uh, badly about My Babysitter's a Vampire. There was a made-for-TV movie on HBO back in the 1980s that I watched with my mom. And um, you ever watch something with your parents that's got, like, you're watching the movie, and then there's, like, maybe an awkward scene. Well, it's not awkward in the movie, but it's making you feel incredibly uncomfortable to watch it with your mom and dad. It might be anything from, like, people kissing to making love. Um, Twilight? Yeah, but Twilight doesn't have, like, a big... Like, they kiss a little bit, but it doesn't have, like, a... like a. There's a birth scene. You saw all the movies? <laughs> yeah. God! <laughs> oh... Yes, there's the first scene where he cuts the umbilical cord with his teeth. <laughs> yeah, she did. sitting next to me. But did you ever watch like a scene, like in a movie, when you were a little girl that had like uh, like a scene where like two people were making love and your parents were there and you're just like, I don't want to watch this with my mom or dad. <laughs> and it might not be like R-rated, but it could still be uncomfortable. <laughs> like they're taking their clothes off and like shadow or something. <laughs> So this movie called My Best Friend is a Vampire stars, if you ever watched the TV series House, there was an actor on House, he was in Dead Poets Society, and this guy, he delivers groceries, he meets this woman, she's a vampire, and she invites him back to his house later that night. He's like a teenage boy, and they're getting it on, she's wearing like sexy lingerie, and then later on, um, when he, after he gets bitten, uh, the vampire hunter is actually after his best friend, because he thinks he's the vampire and not him, all the while he's hanging out with like a vampire, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's like teaching him the ways of the vampire and you know like introducing him to the all night butcher who sells like pig's blood and stuff mm-hmm. it's and he's able to walk in daylight because he's like how am I able to walk in daylight vampires can't walk in daylight he's like oh you are a living vampire undead vampires can't walk in daylight <laughs> um, and he's wearing like black pants and red shirts you know all of a sudden and, like spraying over his windows for the sunlight and he's sleeping under his bed with his sunglasses <laughs> It's so lame. All the while, he's still, like, got to finish high school, and he wants to get a date with a girl who doesn't, you know, like, reckon, you know, doesn't ever pay him attention, but she's, like, kind of, like, mystically drawn to him. Not because he's a vampire, just because he's a... He's bound to determine to get this girl to go out with him, even though she thinks he's a big, you know, dweeb, but then she's like, oh, wow, you're a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, that was my first vampire movie I had ever watched. My favorite is probably The Lost Boys, if you've ever seen that. Oh, okay. Th- that's your dad's favorite okay. vampire movie? So. Yeah. You haven't seen The Lost Boys? No. We have to watch The Lost Boys before you leave. You'll love it. It's fantastic. It's very 80s, but it's fantastic. What are you looking at? Oh, just going through my article thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not finding anything else. Gotcha. Well, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode of Vampires. I'll probably do another one because there's so much more st- stuff to talk about with vampires with a different perspective on it uh, with with a different host. Um, in case you weren't uh, aware, this is going to be Kat's second to last episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore. Yep. She is going off to college to become Sofia Coppola. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so she'll be leaving us for good, unfortunately. Uh, we wish her the best of luck in her endeavors and travels, and hopefully she doesn't get into too much trouble yep. in New York, because New York is filled with nothing but trouble. Yeah. What school are you going to? Hofstra University. Hofstra? Yes. Where's that? Long Island. Long Island, okay. Well, I'm coming to uh, New York, I think, in October, November, so maybe I'll stop by. Coincidentally, mm-hmm. <laughs> it has the best college radio station in the country. Oh, really? They have a really good radio club. 
Oh, so, well, you have to join that, and then oh, if, I when am. I come by, you'll have to be like, <gasps> you have to come by when I do my show. You have to find out. You have to tell me when your like schedule of your if you get onto it or something. You know what I mean? If you can get involved in some program, you can then yeah. let me know what your schedule is, and I'll come by the day you do like a live recording of Cat on Cats or something. <laughs> <laughs> These are the cats I saw in New York today. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be that. It'll probably be playing with music. Okay, that sounds better than you talking about cats on a radio show. Because no. <laughs> they'll be like, oh, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, you can check us out on our Supernatural Creatures and Lore group page as well. Follow us on Twitter. Supernatural Creature Lore? Yep. At SPN Creature Lore. Yes. And then you can also find us on our individual YouTube pages, Radio Horror. And Cat Loves Cats. Yep. And don't forget, you can send us an email at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. And thank you, Kat, for joining me for this episode about vampires. Yep. Thank you, everyone, and tune in in a couple weeks for uh, Kat's final episode where we talk about demons. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs>